The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that takes you on a journey to the past and back again. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about the day when readers took their first steps into the rich, exciting world of Middle-earth. The day was September 21st, 1937. The first edition of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit went on sale in British bookstores. It featured many black-and-white illustrations and maps drawn by Tolkien himself, and it followed the story of a homebody hobbit named Bilbo Baggins, who joins a quest to win the treasure of a fearsome dragon named Smaug. The book garnered enthusiastic reviews from the start, and by December, the modest first printing of 1,500 copies had completely sold out. Tolkien had begun writing the novel several years earlier, though unintentionally at first. At the time, he was working as a professor of Anglo-Saxon at Oxford University, and one summer, while grading test papers, inspiration struck, and he famously jotted down the novel's first line. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. In 1968, Tolkien recounted this fateful day himself, saying, quote, I can still see the corner of my house in 20 Northmoor Road where it happened. I had an enormous pile of exam papers there. Marking school examinations in the summertime is very laborious, and unfortunately, also boring. And I remember picking up a paper and actually finding, 
I nearly gave an extra mark for it. An extra five marks, actually. There was one page of this particular paper that was left blank. Glorious. Nothing to read. So I scribbled on it. Although the author never mentioned which day or even which year this scribbling took place, many Tolkien scholars believe it was during the summer of 1930. At first, Tolkien stopped at just that one line and didn't write anything further. But in the years ahead, he kept returning to the question of what exactly a hobbit was and how it might live. To settle the matter, he began writing The Hobbit, subtitled There and Back Again which ultimately became an introduction to an entire fantasy world all his own, Middle-earth. Tolkien worked on the book in stops and starts throughout the early 1930s. He shared his early manuscript with a close group of fellow academics and friends, including author C.S. Lewis. When the manuscript was being passed around, it eventually made its way into the hands of the ten-year-old son of publisher Stanley Unwin. The boy wrote a review of the novel for his father, in exchange for a shilling, and it was so positive that it convinced Unwin to publish it. Although published as a children's fairy tale, The Hobbit was more complex and sophisticated than other works in the genre, complete with its own in-world species, locations, languages, and legends. This was due in large part to Tolkien's personal fascination with the writings and languages of Norse and Anglo-Saxon tradition. Many names and words found in The Hobbit are adapted from Norse mythology, and some plot details are seemingly inspired by the old English epic poem Beowulf, which Tolkien himself had translated and lectured on in the 1920s. Featuring detailed information on calendars, moon phases, and geographical descriptions that aligned with the included maps, the novel certainly didn't talk down to its target audience. Tolkien believed that humans had a primal appetite for myth, and his book sought to revive and satisfy that appetite in a younger generation. Because of The Hobbit's success, Tolkien's publishers asked him to write more books set in the world of Middle-earth. Tolkien delivered a draft of what would later become The Silmarillion, a collection of stories set in the same universe as The Hobbit, but focused more on different lands, species, and characters. The publishers rejected the proposal, saying it was too obscure and too different from the preceding work. They, like the public, wanted more stories about hobbits. So, Tolkien obliged and began writing what he called The New Hobbit, though of course we know it better today as The Lord of the Rings. If you were lucky enough to track down a first edition copy of The Hobbit today, you might be surprised to learn that it doesn't quite match the story as you know it. That's because Tolkien later made considerable changes to The Hobbit's text so that the story would better align with that of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. These revisions first appeared in the second edition of the book, which was published in 1951. One of the most notable changes relates to the interaction between Bilbo Baggins and the cave-dwelling Gollum. In the first edition, the characters part ways on good terms, and Gollum doesn't try to retake the ring from Bilbo. Initially, Tolkien planned an even broader revision to The Hobbit. He wanted to change the book's playful tone to match the more serious tone of his Rings trilogy. But thankfully for Hobbit fans, he abandoned this effort after the third chapter 
after he realized it just didn't feel like The Hobbit anymore. In the end, it's good that Tolkien left well enough alone. Readers loved the book just as it was, and they still do today. Over the years, The Hobbit has been translated into more than 50 different languages, and it's sold more than 100 million copies worldwide. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you've got a minute, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback for the show, you can drop us a line at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.